Hey folks, good evening and welcome to Fams and Monsters Personal Reports. I'm Lon Strickler. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I will narrate several cryptid and unexplained accounts from the archives of Phantoms and Monsters and the Phantoms and Monsters 14 Research case log. Then I will give the chat room the opportunity to ask questions in reference to these reports. So I hope you enjoy it. And if you have questions, like I said, at, between each report, I'll open it up and allow you to ask questions. And I'll do the best I can to uh, explain what had received in, in some of the uh, aspects of the report and, you know, things that followed up on. So the first, the first report is uh, about a coastal Mississippi resident who believes they had encountered a river troll while on their houseboat. Now, they took a photo and described what they witnessed. And uh, along with the photo, I'm going to read what they sent me. Now, they stated about six years ago, which was 2015, my family lived on our houseboat on the river in a small town in coastal Mississippi. We were on the deck one evening looking across the river. The tide was low. And you could see well into the woods. Now, maybe 25 yards from us, something bent down near the water drinking. I went and retrieved my binoculars and took a closer look. It was pinkish tan with bulging eyes, funny looking ears, two arms, two legs, and what appeared to be horns coming out of its head. It had a uh, short round body uh, and, and it was drinking from the shore. From what I saw, I would swear it was like a troll. It was devil ugly. I took my phone out and took a picture. To this day, anyone I show it to swears it's a river troll. Now, living in a houseboat, you see a lot of creepy stuff in the swamp. Also, there would always be trees or logs laying across the ditches of our 1,000-foot driveway in the middle of the swamps as it's something put them there to cross the deep parts. You couldn't walk up or down without the eerie feeling of being watched. And it wasn't just me. Anyone who came out our way felt it as well. So you, you would also hear what sounded like monkeys. One time, something threw a rocket hit my friend. I still own the property and the houseboats, but none of my grown kids will even go out there. Um, I don't show the picture to other people anymore. Um, I don't have to prove anything. I'm, I'm just sharing it with you. And I feel as if maybe I'm a lucky one to have been able to be in contact with several creatures in this world and, and some twice. So, yes, it's blurry and, yeah, it's hard to make out. But you can clearly see its reflection in the water and as it's drinking. Now, of course, this witness gave me the permission to post this um, this photograph, <clears throat> and I actually that you know after I posted it, it, it sat on my blog for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden it just went viral. This thing was going everywhere; it was all over the place. I must have got about oh, I'd, I'd say about fifty thousand plus page hits off this thing. So, um, you know, if, if anybody has any, you have any questions about this, or you want to ask about it, I'm I'm here to to answer it. Uh, it doesn't have to be now. It can be later on the show. But uh, 
like I said, I wanted to start out with this because it was uh, it was an interesting report, and uh, I got a lot of feedback on it. So you know, just keeping caps, uh, Vincent can um, keep track of it, and we can talk about it, you know, after the show. So I'll go ahead and get to the next um, to the next report. A South Jersey police officer recounts his encounter with what he believes may have been the Jersey Devil during the summer of 2017. His girlfriend also witnessed the creature. Now, he stated, So, this took place in the summer of 2017. I was driving in southern New Jersey in Cumberland County. I was out with my girlfriend at the time. We, we always went on explorations and adventures together. In typical New Jersey fashion, we just drove around aimlessly near the Pine Barrens, which is a large area of pine forest that takes up a lot of South Jersey. We would also joke about uh, trying to find the Jersey Devil, which is a mythological creature of New Jersey folklore. Basically, you just drove around pointing out shadows and trying to scare your girlfriend. Well, anyway, as we were driving along at probably 2 a.m., we had a large section of forest surrounding us on this lonely road. Now, we were the only cars for miles, and uh, there were a few houses here and there. Now, as we drove, I remember seeing movement to the right of the vehicle. From the front, illuminated uh, by the headlights, but to the right of the car, as I drove, there was a creature standing about two to five foot in height. Now, it seemed to be covered in brown hair, almost like a goat. It had black wings that appeared to be leatherly or leatherly or smooth. Uh, I did not see the head or face or anything else distinguishable, but as we approached maybe a distance of 10 to 12, 20 yards, the creature flapped its wings a few times and took off vertically, not at an angle like a plane or, or bird takeoff. If it then dis- it then disappeared as we drove past. The whole incident took about five to seven seconds. I almost discounted it as a hallucination induced by lack of sleep or something, but my girlfriend interrupted my thought process and said, did you see that? And with hesitation, we pulled over, bailed out of the car with a flashlight, but there was nothing. Now, we looked and listened for a few minutes, but couldn't find anything. We then started to Google all the wildlife in New Jersey to see if we could find what we saw and no animal appeared close to what we observed. Now, I don't know what we saw that evening. I will make no assumptions. I just saw a creature I couldn't identify in the short time that it was observed. Now I'm a lawman in, in South Jersey and have been seen some strange and crazy things in my time on the streets, but this was definitely the creepiest. I've never seen anything like that since, but lots of people in New Jersey have reported similar sightings. And, uh, you know, I, I do occasionally get a lot uh, these reports out of New Jersey, out of South Jersey, of these, these um, Jersey devil-like creatures. Uh, there's really never a definitive shape or form to these things. Um, but you know, it it it's always um, it's always an interesting it's always an interesting report. It, it kind of lines up with the actual folklore and and the overall reaction of people and the reaction of the creature. 
Uh, is it something similar to like what's going on in Chicago now? I don't think so. This is, I don't think it's really humanoid. I think it's something else. Uh, I don't even know if I even believe it. Um, but it seems a lot of people see it. So uh, let's see here. We do have one question. Uh, James asked, uh, along with Vincent, have there been any small beings that all sighted in the area? Uh, and uh, Vincent asked uh, about hammerhead bat could be the jersey. That's true. Hammerhead bats, they're, they're ugly. I mean, they, they do like a small little horse in the head-wise. Uh, but are people seeing this thing exaggerating the size? I don't know. That may very well be. Um, I don't know. I don't really know what people are seeing. Nancy asked, uh, were any footprints found with this report and did any matches reported to the Jersey Devil? Now, I mean, he never mentioned anything. I gave the full report. I never did a follow-up and never heard anything about um, any footprints. Now, of course, there have been people who have reported footprints in the past. Uh, it, it seems like people have talked about these, this thing getting on roofs and making footprints in, in the snow, if there's snow on the roof. Uh, it's, it's mostly a hooves-like print, so... Does this thing have who's? So, you know, in the folklore, it says it has who's. So, uh, no, that's 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 all I got from it. And, uh, uh, you know, what I read is all I had. So, okay, so the next report, a Minnesota woman shockingly observes a walking tree while driving by a wetland area. She later makes an inquiry to an Ojibwe elder who explains the significance of this event. <clears throat> now, I received a, a phone call from CG from Hibbing, Minnesota on uh, April 3rd of this year. Her and her husband were traveling along a low marsh area in St. Louis County in northern Minnesota. Uh, it was during the daylight and it was recent. And as they were passing a patch of upright dead trees in the wetland, CG observed one of the trees literally walk forward a few steps. Now, she states that the tree was about 12 foot in height, dark and rotting, with branches that looked like arms. There were also legs extending from the bottom that stepped forward into the thick muck of the wetland. Uh... She wasn't sure what type of tree it was. And, of course, she, she was stunned and explained to her husband what she had witnessed. Apparently, he didn't believe her, and he continued to drive on. So after I talked to her, CG contacted an Ojibwe elder. At my insistence, I, I thought that would be her best way to go. And uh, she did she did talk to one, and he told her that they referred to this as a mitig. Now, Mittig is a um, is a Jibwe for for tree, basically. But he's told her and explained to her it's a living thing, but it's a traditional spirit protector of the woods. And the elder explained that it was an honor and a gift to see the Mittig. He suggested that she go back and make an offering to it, including parts of a meal and possibly some tobacco. 
Uh, CG told me later that she will attempt to photograph it, but the Ojibwe leader explained that it probably would not be there in form. Uh, but to leave the offering nonetheless. Now, you know, this isn't the first time I've had a walking jury report in the past. You know, back in the early 90s, uh, I, uh, I got a report from uh, someone who told me they had gone with a group to Silver Falls Silver Fall Spring in Oregon. And one night after dinner, they went for a stroll to find a clear spot so they could see the stars. So after about 20 minutes of sitting quietly and contemplating the sky and the stars, a, a breeze blew through and rustled all the trees and branches around the clearing. As the wind gently shook the trees, something caught her eye in the peripheral. She said, I looked to my right and there it was for just a second or two. I saw what could have been best described as a walking tree. Back then, I was just beginning to appreciate books, so at the time, I hadn't read anything aside from comic books or, or magazines. So now, and today, I can describe it looking like an ant from the Lord of the Wings books or movies, and except it had more of a round head and a definite neck attached to its shoulders. Its limbs were long and thin. It could probably touch the ground as it just relaxed its arm down. There didn't seem to be a distinction or separation between the torso and the hip area. The legs looked like a pair of articulated tree trunks with no discernible feet. It had patches of moss randomly covering its torso and legs and was about 20 foot in height. It was holding what could be described as a long baseball-like club in its right hand going over its shoulder. When I first turned my head to see what caught my eye, while the wind rushed by, I saw to take three long, deliberate steps in a spot where the clearing met the trees. And what sent a chill down my spine and made me freeze was what seemed for a moment, I mean, a moment forever in the second, was that it seemed like it turned its head and looked right at me and where I was sitting as it took its third step and re-entered the forest. I just sat there for another 10 minutes feeling frozen in place, going over what I had just seen. Now, once I shook the frozen feeling, I got to my feet and went back to the cabin all of us were staying at as fast as I could. I only told one person about this after it happened, and they just found it to be a nice, creepy story before everyone else turned in for the night. And she said, it still haunts me to this day when I think about it. Um, you know... I, I, I do occasionally hear about these walking trees. I, I've heard it um, a lot of different places, even worldwide. Uh, it's, there's, a, there's a legend in Africa. I don't even know what part of Africa where these walking trees are known to be, and they devour people. They're cannibal-like trees. Uh, but as far as indig I mean, deciduous trees and... Uh, walking, you don't hear a whole lot about that, but I thought this, I, I thought this, uh, this Minnesota event was pretty interesting. And, uh, the fact that she did follow up with an Ojibwe elder made, you know, made also made her also interesting. And, uh, uh, you know, I did learn something too, because I had no, no, nothing about that. Um, 
do you think this could be the same kind of entity as an Irish green man? Possibly, you know, I think a lot of that, a lot of these um, woodland spirits or protectors or sentinels kind of run off the same tangent. Uh, There's also a woodland spirit called a leshy. And uh, it's pretty more well-known in, in Central Europe as uh, a woodland spirit that, that takes care of the wildlife and the fauna and such. And, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of other tribes, uh, indigenous folks here in, in North America that have these tree spirits as well from after looking into this after I got this report. So... Um, I'm not going to say it's not true. I mean, you know, there's a there's a lot of strange stuff out there, but I thought it was a very interesting, a very interesting uh, report. So, um, also, this next report was something I received several years ago. I, I, you see it pop up on the internet once in a while, but um, it was originally sent to me back in 2018, I think. It has to do with a Bigfoot or possibly an upright canine that was captured on a trail cam in north the North Georgia mountains. Now, the gentleman said to me that the photo included in the email is from a friend's game camera. Uh, he works out of town, and once he returned home, he checked his camera, and this amazing picture was on there. Uh, this area of Georgia has had many tales of Bigfoot and strange happenings, sightings with no explanation for them. My friend said growing up on the property, he had smelled foul odors outside that, I mean, that can't be explained. He heard a lot of whooping sound and um, and knocking on trees many different times. And all that activity still continues. Uh, this, this photo was taken in February of 2019. So it was 2019 when I received it, excuse me. Uh, To me, the figure in the image looks to have a mane or spike type of hair on the top of his head. This is what he's telling me. Uh, And just below the hairline, it looks like a large fold on the forehead that's often seen on gorillas. And I think he's referring to the, um, the thick brow ridge. Where the mouth would be looks to me like top parts look protrude on the inside kind of like a primate's mouth does and then you see where the creature's massive shoulders and arms start and how big and broad it is not to mention how tall it is i can assure you it's 100 percent legit this image is no way manipulated or photoshopped this is no joke and i'll be honest with you the more i look at it i have to question if this is a bigfoot or possibly canid in nature it's um it, it the snout itself it does look like there's a snout now i don't know what what the the, the chat thinks about it or, or people that are looking at it uh you know i don't know exactly what it is be honest with you it's an interesting and impressive photograph it's definitely something uh this thing's got some pretty good size to it uh, I, I don't know how tall it was, uh, but if you look at the original instead of the cropped version, it 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 could very well be up to seven to eight foot in height. So um, 
you know, it is, it is kind of creepy. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you don't have any questions for me now or later on, uh, Nancy says it looks like a large chimp's head. It, it does in a way, uh, but it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, it, you know, if you look back at the, the seven shoots monster or the seven shoots creature, now that looks, a lot, a lot of people say that looks like a large baboon. And in a way it does, but it does have a snout as well. So, um, you know, I don't think we really know what that is. But, um, uh, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of times I think when people see these creatures, uh, and especially reports we've got in Pennsylvania, I think they misidentify them from between Bigfoot and possibly an upright canine. Um, you know, I'm not really sure, but it's, uh, I think there, there, there could be an argument for some misidentification. So, um, we'll see. So the next report I have was from March of 2017. Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink. This was from March of 2017. And uh, it's kind of an interesting story. It's something, it's kind of a different take on the black eyed kids. But this is what they wrote to me. I just read your black eyed kid story about the guy who lost time. I live in Broward County, Florida. Something odd and frightening occurred last summer. <clears throat> I woke up during the night around 2 a.m. to a boy and girl knocking on my front door. I, I thought there may have been an emergency, so I opened the door and the two were just standing there staring at me. I asked what was going on and they told me they needed to come inside. I asked why, but they didn't answer me. I then asked them if they were in trouble or lost, but they just stared at me. I was getting upset and started to wake up at this point. That's when I, I took a closer look at these two kids and noticed that neither had whites in their eyes. In fact, they didn't seem to have pupils at all. I freaked out and and told them to go home and quickly shut the door. I called the local police off police department and told them that the two kids were knocking on doors. A cruiser was sent out to the neighborhood, but they didn't find anyone walking around. They figured just a bunch of local kids messing around. And the more I thought about what happened, the more I got an eerie reaction to the encounter. A few days later, I was pulling up to my house and saw the same two kids standing on the corner of my street. A dark-haired girl about 12 years old and a boy with cinder-colored hair, probably the same age. Now, both kids were just standing on the street corner staring at my neighbor's house. I stood in my driveway for a few seconds and watched them. They didn't say or do anything. I just walked in. I walked inside and, and did a few things. And I walked back outside to see if the two kids were still there. But they were gone. That same night, I again woke around midnight to the sound of sirens. My neighbor's house was on fire. There were fire trucks in the front and in the back alley. I later spoke to the cops and told them, that those same two kids were staring at my neighbor's house earlier that day. 
Now, the cops didn't seem to think it was important. Then later that night, the body of my neighbor was found in the fire degree, debris. It was determined that she had been bludgeoned and stabbed to death. I was brought into the police department in question for several hours. I believe that they thought I may have killed my neighbor. The cops then seemed to think that her boyfriend was involved. Now, after a couple days or so, the cops came back to question me again. The boyfriend had an airtight alibi, but they still never asked about the kids. Now, I've been afraid to bring it up to the cops, particularly about the black eyes and how bizarre they acted. I fear that I become a suspect if I start telling them about my bizarre experience. I still don't believe they have a suspect, and I fear that those kids may return. Now, after I received this, I, I got in contact with the witness. And we discussed the situation. Now, I'm not going to get specific as to the location. This witness was truly afraid to mention the black-eyed kids to the authorities and the possibility that they will return and cause her harm to her and her family. But the witness does feel somewhat guilty staying quiet, which I can understand. Um, they did have an article link detailing the fire in the investigation, which was made available to me. Uh, and she said they did plan to move soon after. And I haven't, I tried to follow up and I, I never received anything. So I believe, uh, they did move. Nancy asked, uh, could they be hybrid ET human reject program to collect humans? I, I don't know. You know, this whole, this whole black eyed kid phenomenon. You know, when I wrote my book, uh, Alien Disclosure, I didn't include black eyed kids in there because quite frankly, we really have no idea what they are. Now, are they possessed by some type of entity extraterrestrial or otherwise? I don't know. Uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of black eyed kids stories over the years. They seem to be possessed by something, uh, manipulated by something. Uh, but I, I really don't know. Um, now, this case here, were they involved in that? I don't know. They could have been. You know, it, it seems awful strange that they were staring at that house and then things happened. Um, so I, I, I can't tell you, I, but I think it's an interesting case. I think it's an interesting report. Um, I have had reports of black eyed kids getting testy. Uh, I remember one in Mexico where one there was some violence included. Um, I'll see if I can dig that one up. But someone it was there was a knife involved as well. Uh, there have been some reports where they have done some really strange activities and and scared people. So uh, you know, are they? Someone asked their kids of the of the men in black. I I don't think so. The men in black, I believe, are or extraterrestrial or non-terrestrial. I don't think they're involved with the government. I think they're basically a cleanup crew. They, when things happen, they, they show up and talk to the witnesses and basically try to talk them out of making reports and stuff. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't know of any black eyed kids mentioning anything about UFOs or aliens or such. Uh, I just don't know what they're here for. I mean, you know, the whole the whole activity is bizarre. 
they always seem to want to get into a house or to get involved with somebody's life somehow to interfere somehow. And, uh, we'll see, you know, I, I, I will try to dig up some the more, the more interesting black eyed kids stories as I go back to the archives and, uh, uh, We'll, we'll bring it forward and see what you have to say about it. Now, the uh, the next report is is coming from FAMS Monster 14 Research. And as many of you know, we've been involved with this Chicago Mothman thing for, well, it really started 2011. But in 2017, this seemed to all start back up again. Uh, and the first report that we were made aware of was the um, the sighting in Oz Park, which is in the Lincoln Park community of uh, Chicago. And uh, the report was originally sent to MUFON. And the witness just was not satisfied with the explanation they gave her. They basically discounted everything she said, which is not unusual for MUFON. And uh, Manuel Navarrete, who, I, you know, I know Manuel uh, probably as long as anybody else and uh, that I've worked with. And, um, you know, we've been exchanging reports and, and these type of things for years. And um, when he first saw this in the, the MUFON CMS, he sent it to me. And uh, he took the initiative to go to Oz Park and see if he could find this woman and he did uh he stated that uh he managed to make contact with the witness to the original sighting and have some discussion over the phone uh we were able to clear up some time to meet and discuss the sighting in detail now the witness who did not wish to be identified due to professional reasons agreed to be interviewed about her experience as long as no revealing information was given for that purpose I will call the witness Tammy in lieu of her real name. Now, Tammy is an educated professional who lives in the Oz Park neighborhood for over 10 years. And after having some basic questions, appears to be a credible witness with no need to propagate a hoax. The Oz Park area is, is located in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago's north side and sits about four blocks from the Lincoln Park Zoo in the Lake Michigan shoreline. So this is an area that we've had a lot of reports when a lot of it started up. Uh, and it's also about 10 blocks south of Wrigley Field. And we've had a lot of reports in that, that whole area, the whole neighborhood. Now, the area is mostly condos and apartment buildings. The neighborhood is mixed race and mostly upper middle class professionals and students attending nearby DePaul University. The park is a landmark and tourist attraction for its Wizard of Oz theme park and statues and is popular along many of the residents for various activities. Now, the sighting. Now, the witness stated that when she came to the spot where she saw the creature, it was looking away from her. It was not until it turned its head that it took notice that she was there her dog, which was a Jack Russell Terrier, which she stated is normally very protective of her, was cowering behind her and whimpering softly. 
I note the breed of dog because a Jack Russell is a breed that is only recommended for advanced dog owners due to its high energy, fearless nature, and a very advanced prey drive. This is a dog that is not easily intimidated. And to reduce one to a cowering mass leaves its master in a vulnerable position to almost unheard of. Uh, the witness stated that she never felt as if she were in any immediate danger as long as she stayed where she was. Now, the witness reported that the creature's eyes glowed with an unnatural glow as if illuminated from within and never seemed to blink. She reported that though the creature was mainly black in color, the wings did not did have some gray to them as best as she could see. It did not look as if it had feathers like an owl's wing, but appeared leathery and bat-like. And by the way, the, the, the glow in the eyes was a red glow, which is what we've heard for a lot of these reports. Uh, she stated that the top part of the wing seemed to rise at least a foot higher than the head of the creature and were folded behind the creature. After staring at her for approximately 15 seconds, it unfurled its wings, and they appeared to be 8 to 10 feet from tip to wingtip to wingtip, and looked to be made of a membrane, again, not unlike a bat's wing. The creature leaped into the air with minimum effort and was gone within seconds. The screech sounded like that of an owl, only louder and raspier. She noted that the creature was above the treetops within seconds and out of sight just as fast. When asked if there was a possibility that others could have seen it, she stated that unless they were looking right at it, they could have missed it. Now, once above the trees, it would have been lost due to trees and buildings blocking the view as well as light pollution making it practically invisible. She noted that in the city, most people would have been too busy looking at their phones or talking to one another or aware of their immediate surroundings to notice something flying overhead. Now, when asked why she never tried to take a photo or attempt to take a photograph with her phone, the witness stated that she was frozen in place and that thought the grabbing of her, and she, that the thought of grabbing the phone, which was in her pocket, never occurred to her. She felt that part of her, she, she feels that part of the fear she felt was due to some unknown influence the creature might have had over her, a defense mechanism. She felt hypnotized, basically. The witness states that since her encounter, she has resumed her jogging in the park in the early evenings when the weather permits. She did state that her dog has been very reluctant to continue visiting the park and the last time she took him with her, uh, it had to be coaxed into completing the run. So, you know, I, this is this is another thing I'm going to I'm going to start presenting more of more of in the on these uh, presentations and, and going deeper into this whole phenomenon in Chicago and explain some of the details that we have received. Uh, associated with these reports. Um, there, there are a few things we haven't gotten, you know, that make it, that we really haven't talked about a lot, but there, there, are, other, there are other parts. Uh, let's see, what questions we have. Uh, why are these flying humanoids showing themselves now? That's unknown. That, that really is unknown. I, I wish I did know. Uh, you know, 
we have incorporated some of the information that's been received from the unseen ones. Um, we, we, at this point, really don't know what, why they're doing it. Uh, and they're, they're not really coming forward and telling us this. Uh, you know, we did get a report a few days ago. Manuel got another report. And, this, and I posted it tonight. It's on the blog. But there's an aspect of this report. Now, this was up in the Elk Grove area, uh, which is north of uh, O'Hare. Uh, this being had a mantis-like head to it, had red eyes, mantis-like head. But that was a bit different than what we've seen before. And the one, the interesting part of that is that the unseen ones have mentioned that these juveniles of their race that are are coming out and being seen uh, on our Earth plane have various uh, descriptions to them, various aspects to them. And it was mentioned that the mantis-like head is, is, a, is an aspect of some of these beings. So this is actually, I believe, and I, I got to ask Tobias and Manuel, but I think this is the first mantis-like head that we've had reported to us from a witness. But we're going to follow up on that. Um, we have, you know, we had seven witnesses in this last report and Manuel's in the process of talking to these people now. So, uh, we're, hopefully we're going to get more information about this. Also, Marla, well, James asked, could you, they could be trying to warn us or something, thinning veil, perhaps. I don't know. You know, this whole harbinger thing, trying to warn us or something. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything to that or not. You know, many of you have heard my thoughts about Harbingers. I don't necessarily believe that. I think it's a possibility. But uh, then again, who knows? I mean, uh, I haven't seen anything uh, in that is associated or connected with these settings to suggest that it's trying to warn us of anything. But who knows? Uh, Marla asked, how many different types of flying humanoids do you think there are? There are many. There are many. And from what we've been told, there are many. And, you know, from the beginning of these sightings, there have been different aspects to them. There has been some change. You know, some of the early sightings have been of an owl-like being. Uh, it's been more of the, um, of, uh, as you know, gargoyle-like wings and thin heads and uh, very emaciated looking beings, many red eyes. Um, but there, there are a few aspects that are different too. If you go back into the reports and look at them, you can kind of pick out a few differences. So, um, you know, but I, I thought this, this new report was interesting. Uh, Vincent wants to know, Lon, can you talk about the beast that seven shoots and can compare it to the Bigfoot upright canine reports. Yeah, you know, that, that piece of seven shoots, I originally received that report not long after it was seen. And, um, you know, it, it's a bizarre photograph. I mean, it does. It looks like an, it looks like an upright baboon to me. Uh, but it's got a canid type of uh, look to it. It's holding something. 
size-wise, the, the, the person who took the photograph went back to the area and, and took some uh, uh, measurements there. They figured it was about six to seven foot in height. If that was a baboon, that's a hell of a big baboon. Uh, but uh, I, I believe it was an upright canine. Now, you know, this was the Seven Shoots area. Uh, it's a it's a provincial park in in the uh, province of Quebec, and uh, it's in an area where there have been a few bizarre sightings, mostly Bigfoot over the time. So, could this have been a Bigfoot? I think that's a stretch, but. You know, I uh, I don't know. You know, again, like I said, that I think there is there are some Bigfoot upright canine reports that possibly get mixed up, get confused. Uh, but uh, you know, but as far as what this is, I don't know, and what it's holding. You know, people assume that it's a small white dog. I don't know if that's what it is or not. It, it does look like it's holding some type of small animal. So. I can't be sure what that is, and I don't really want to speculate. Uh, what type of people do black-eyed kids target? You know, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, you know, there is a theory, uh, mostly with cryptids, and I think a lot of with, with what's been going on in Chicago is that certain people are able to see these things. And as far as just like black-eyed kids, I think that may be – maybe something as well. I mean, certain people are able to see them uh, and maybe they do pick out people, but I, you know, if I've looked at, you know, the, the uh, demographics of this, I don't see where there's really any distinction as to who the witnesses are. Uh, they just seem to be like regular folks that are doing whatever they do during the day or any time living their life. And one of these things show up But um, you know, it's an enigma. It really is. You know, and after all these years, I don't think we still know or have any clue as to what they are. Do I think they're possibly a possessed human? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. You know, I know I'm being pretty general here, but uh, that's about the best I can give you. Uh, let's see, folks. We got anything else here? Uh, I, I do want to thank you all for coming on tonight. It, this is uh, this seems to be working out pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, if you if you go into the comments after the show and uh, tell us what you think, tell us what you'd like to see, what changes and what modifications you would like to this, I can do that. Uh, Tommy asks, what's the one cryptic sighting that you feel is legit? I think there are a lot of them that are legit. Um, you know, I've had my own cryptid encounters. Uh, I think they're legit. I mean, you know, they seem legit to me. They didn't seem like any hallucinations or something other than what I saw. Um, you know, Bigfoot is something that, that people have seen for you know, a long time. I mean, for centuries. Uh, canids, same way. The old world has plenty of stories about lycanthropy and, and canids and bizarre-looking canine creatures. 
the winged humanoids again. I mean, this goes back into antiquity. Uh, it's just a different, they're different types of people see and associate with. So, um, you know, I can't really say which one is more legit than the other, but, uh, I, I believe there's something to it. Uh, you know, and, you know, when I talk about cryptids, I talk about anything that's just not explained by science. So we're talking about anything as far as what I, I investigate. So, um, do you think people, uh, Davy Jones locker, do you think people are chosen to see them? It's possible. I think there, I think there's some legitimacy to that, that statement. Um, you know, there have been times when just like these, these winged humanoids where they show up, uh, in crowds in large crowds, and it only seems a few people notice them. I don't, I don't know how to explain that. Do they cloak themselves as some body? Do they have some type of supernatural aspect to them that can, that they can choose who sees them? You know, that's something we really don't know, but it, it is an interesting caveat to all this. So um, again, folks, look, when we get off of here, put down in the comments, what if you have any changes or anything else you'd like to see, we're probably going to start this, these segments out for on every two weeks, we're going to do it. Uh, and if it becomes popular and, uh, we'll, maybe we'll do it a weekly thing, but at this point we're going to do this now, as long as my voice holds out, <laughs> that's the big thing. So, uh, I, I thought instead of just having question and answer sessions, uh, that we, I'd go ahead and read some of the accounts that have been part of, uh, Phantoms of Monsters and the research team and our investigations over the years, present them as is, and uh, let you talk about them. So, you know, thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, go to famsofmonsters.com or cryptohunters.org. You can contact me at lawnstrickerfamsofmonsters.com. Uh, this, uh, this Friday night, we have Amy Major coming on. Uh, she's a spirit, spirit rescuer, uh, psychic medium. She's written two very interesting books. I have interviewed her in the past, and anytime I um, I work with people who seem to have abilities, I do refer her books to them. So, uh, again, thanks for coming on, and I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, leave some comments. Hit the like button. Uh, share it with friends and subscribe. You know, we want to keep going here and we want to present as much as we can to you. Uh, we've got a lot in the vault. So um, until next time, you take care and have a good week.